Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. What's up, Rockstars? This is Matt Johnson back with another episode of the UX Podcast. And we've got a phenomenal guest with us today, Dr. Stephen Kalalui. He's the president and co-founder of K2 Development Systems. And super, super interesting and awesome conversation for you. We're talking with Stephen about part of his kind of 10-week program uh, for business coaches and consultants and other types of leaders. And we're talking about one of the steps in the system, which is really setting a micro niche, discovering and, and deciding to dominate a micro niche and what that looks like and what the process is and why that's so important. You know, what is a micro niche and how do you go about dominating it? We also talk about setting the price of transformation. In other words, knowing what is the point A to point B transformation that you are selling? What is the value to the client when they go from point A to point B? And then what's the percentage of that that you're going to charge in your services? Because a lot of us struggle or have struggled maybe in the past with how do we price our coaching or how do we price our consulting or our creative work and really, it comes down to value-based pricing and really understanding what the value is of the transformation that we are selling. What is the point A to point B journey that we're going to take them on? And what are the results of them hitting point B and how much is that worth to them? All right. So it's all really wrapped up into the same thing. It all goes back to really understanding who our ideal client is, what that micro niche is that we're going to dominate. And then setting out to dominate that and linking our pricing to that micro-niche. Because the more focused we are and the more, the more repetitions we have, the more patterns we see, the more we recognize the success and failure in the patterns and we get better at helping our clients get results. So the more focused we are, literally the better we are, the more expertise and insight we develop that we can bring to bear for our clients. The less focused we are, the less of, of a micro niche that we operate in, the more that we try to bridge that gap and, and work with all kinds of different people, the less we see those types of repetitions or we see only the very broad ones. And that's not where the real and valuable skills are built. And so this is an incredible conversation. Uh, I love this. This was a blast for me. If the, the first time Dr., you know, Dr. Steve and I hopped on the phone together, we know it was going to go this way. We could have talked for three or four hours on, on the, uh, the ins and outs of the business coaching industry. And so if you're in that space, you're going to love this conversation. Even if you're not, if you're just a professional service provider, or maybe you're an agency owner, this still applies to you just as much because uh, especially in the creative services, it's very, very tempting to try to do 17 different things for five different industries just because you can. And we really talk about why it's so important to set and develop a micro niche in this conversation, which applies to any type of professional service provider. So with all that being said, I'm super excited for you to hear this conversation. It's Dr. Stephen Kalalui of K2 Development Systems. So let's jump right in. All right. So officially, Stephen, welcome. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Excited. I know. Me too. I've been looking forward to the conversation ever since we chatted on the phone here a few weeks back because you are uh, essentially like saying some of the same things and, and you guys have a really interesting company. And it was just funny because we, we had that first chat and we could have easily talked for two hours on the phone just easily. because uh, we're, we're both extremely passionate about the business coaching industry and the business of selling coaching. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today, which is really how to 
how to set, determine, and then dominate a micro niche, which I love that as part of your whole system. And then right. uh, if we get to it, we'll try to talk a little bit about the price of transformation. I would love to be able to get to that because I think that's extremely valuable because it goes to sure. what our pricing is, which affects our lifestyle and the freedom that we experience. It affects all kinds of stuff. But uh, before we do that, just uh, what do you tell people? How do you describe to others what the heck you do? What K2 Development Systems does is we are a, a professional leadership and training company. So we work with individuals, we work with organizations, and we focus on helping individuals go from where they're at to where they want to be. Right? A lot of people have great visions, a lot of people have dreams, but they have very little actionable, implement, implementable steps to get to where they want to go. So we help individuals go from where they're at to where they want to be. We we focus on creating solutions to niche's greatest challenges. And that's what really helps get people that momentum that they need to get to where they want to go. And so in the context of coaching and selling coaching, specifically what you guys do is helping people, especially helping coaches really create packages that very right. clearly articulate exactly what they do. Cause I think that's one of the problems of selling business coaching is it, it can be super nebulous. Like when you take someone and you say, Hey, look, I, I want to figure out kind of where you are and help you to get to where you want to be. Sure. That sounds awesome. But that's like walking into a gym and there's no equipment and they, there's just a dude there that says that he can help you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, like, I get it. You're in shape. That doesn't really help me. Tell me what you're going to do. And honestly, so, you know, the, the programs that we have specifically for coaches, it, it, we, we identified a gap early on, right? There's great okay. programs out there that teach people how to be great coaches, right? Yeah. Ask the right questions, you know, get people to that transformation. But there's very few programs out there that actually teach coaches how to build great coaching practices. Yes. That was one of the things that I identified early on with some of the partners that I have. You know, I've gone through three different certifications. I hold three different coaching certifications. So I feel like I've got the coaching side down, but all the coaching certifications that I've invested into, none of them actually taught me how to build a great coaching business. So when, you know, one of the programs that I have out there now, one of the reasons that you and I connected is because that's our focus, right? If you are a great coach and you want to learn how to build a great coaching program, there, is, there are certain things that have to be in place. And one of those things is that micro niche. You know, we talked about it on the phone when you and I first got introduced to each other, other the micro niche is so important because so many coaches out there have the mindset that bigger is better. And if they throw a cast a wider net that they are going to have better responses and they're going to have, you know, more, uh, more revenue generated. And unfortunately that's one of the biggest fallacies that new coaches and even experienced coaches fall into yeah. the, the exact opposite is actually the truth where the smaller the niche the more effective and powerful you become at creating this transformation. And that's what draws more people to you as a coach. That's what creates that magnetic draw to you as a coach when you can solve a specific challenge that a specific niche is facing, then you become known as that go-to coach. Yeah, man alive. There's so much to dig into there. There's one I want to dig into maybe a couple of the fears that have to do with micro niche. But I, but let's sure. uh, the first place where I want to start with the micro niche is just how do you understand uh, a niche that is like, is there such thing as a niche that is too small? And how just what like that's gonna be different for everybody. But how do you how do you lead a coach through the process of figuring out, okay, if I'm going to get really specific, 
let's make sure that there's actually enough business out there for me to build the practice that I want. Right. What's, what's that process and, look like? And, and Matt, that's, that's actually one of the fallacies, right? When you are, when you speak in general, general terms, right? It's, you know, I want to make sure that there's enough of a pool out there so that when I do cast my line, I'm able to catch at least a fish. Um, when you focus on creating a micro niche with a niche within a niche within a niche within a niche, the idea and the mindset shifts, the belief system shifts, right? Where we are innately taught to be all things to all people. Yeah. And when you try to be all things to all people, you become nothing to no one. So with this new shift and this new uh, positioning mindset, you actually become all things to one person. And the challenge is, you know, how do I solve Bob's problem? How do I solve Susan's problem? How do I solve Tim's problem as opposed to how do I solve everybody's problem? And the reason that this is so powerful is because if I truly understand the problems that Bob is facing, if I truly understand the challenge that Bob is facing and I create a solution that's customized and specifically addresses Bob's challenge, there is no way in the world that he's going to opt for a coach that has a more generic generalized solution than the solution that I created specifically for Bob. Now, obviously we never get that granular, right? It never gets that detailed, but the idea is creating a solution that serves one person. Because at the end of the day, when we're able to solve that one person's problem, they become our greatest cheerleaders. And mm -hmm. if, they're, if they're dealing with that problem, everybody who is just like them is also dealing with that problem, right? So, you know, when you look at niches from the perspective of coaching, right? So I have a solution for coaches. That's great. But at the end of the day, a business coach faces very different challenges than a leadership coach will face. A life coach will face very different challenges that an executive coach will face. So when you start looking at a niche like coaching, there's different levels that you can start to niche down to. So, you know, instead of saying I coach coaches, I say I coach leadership coaches and I have a solution for leadership coaches. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, well, even that's too broad, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what about creating a solution for leadership coaches who serve um, supervisors, right? Or a solution for leadership coaches who serve executives or a solution for leadership coaches who are serving high potential candidates, yeah. right? Because all of those different solutions speak to a specific niche and every single one of those niches has a different challenge that they're faced with. And that's, that's where the idea of really getting focused in on a specific niche within a niche within a niche, that micro niche idea becomes very powerful because it's not just business coaching now, it's coaching for business owners who are just starting up, who have been in business for less than a year. Because if you've been in business for less than a year, your challenges are very different than if you've been an established business owner for 10, right? If you are a business owner in a family-owned business, the challenges are very different in a family-owned business than they are if you are a solopreneur, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea of really uncovering those different layers and identifying the, the single greatest challenge that that micro niche is facing is what allows coaches to really gain that momentum. Hmm. Yeah. And I think going, going back to starting with one person, I think the trap there is that a lot of coaches feel like that's what they're already, they would probably say, Oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm creating customized solutions for <laughs> all of my clients. Right. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about. So I like the idea of, of really drilling it down. It's a, it's a way of discovering 
what your micro niche is. It's not that you're creating all these right. customized plans. I think, I think the key thing, the best thing that we can do for the business coaching or consulting field is that we absolutely solve one person's problem in a duplicatable, scalable way. Without a doubt. It doesn't Without need to, do to solve their problem in a completely customizable way that's wildly unscalable. That, like, that doesn't set us free at all. It doesn't, it doesn't even it right. doesn't leverage our time. Uh, and I think that's how right. coaches get stuck in a practice to begin with is they end up creating customized solutions for everyone and that, that just keeps that flywheel going. Then the demand, the referrals that they get, guess what they get? They get referrals for their customizable service, which that, that just perpetuates exactly. the problem. And so, yeah, I like the, the idea of like, yeah, break, break it down to one person, but it's not so that you can do that same customizable process with a right. bunch of different people. Well, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, right? Because there's, there's a very specific reason that this micro niche is so powerful and it all focuses on what that greatest challenge is, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, when I take on coaches as clients, the thing that I ask is what is that single greatest challenge that your micro niche is facing? And I'm very specific to one, what is the single greatest challenge? Because you can solve a whole bunch of smaller problems, but if you're not solving the single greatest challenge, then you're, you're doing your clients a disservice. But the opposite holds true. If I'm solving a client's single greatest challenge or single greatest problem, then I've earned the right to say, look, we fixed this biggest problem. Now let's focus on all these low lying fruit, right? As opposed mm -hmm. to going the other way around where you know, let's take care of the low lying fruit and then address the tree at the end. Right. So mm -hmm. when you're looking at a micro niche, that's one of the reasons that we focus as much as we do on that micro niche and uncover all of those challenges, because whatever that greatest challenge is, once that gets solved, everything else will fall into place. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So essentially it's, yeah, it's taking the, um, the 80, 20 rule, applying it to a very specific micro niche and saying, okay, what's sure. the, vi what's the vital few or even better? What's the one biggest thing that we can solve, get that out of the way and right. first of all, clear up a lot of other problems and then you can clean up essentially. Exactly. Cause all by right. that time you've established yourself as a trusted advisor. Right. By that time, that no like trust factor is there and it makes it easier, right? From a psychology of selling perspective, second money is always easier than first. Yeah. So if I'm going in there and I'm solving your greatest challenge, there's no reason for you to believe that I won't be able to continue that process with all the lower lying fruit. Yeah, which makes sense. Okay, so let's talk about some of the other fears that come with micro niching. So, um, so we talked about the kind of what, what is the overall size of the market? Let's talk about... Um, I think that one of the other ones is the the fear of turning other people turning other people away that like that that there's a there's the seen versus the unseen. Sure. Right. So we have the scene, which is the people that are coming into our world. They have names, they have personality, like we see them. Right. And, and they're from maybe all walks of life or, or somewhere outside the niche we think we want to target. It's very hard to turn away money from, from people that are literally <laughs> yes. flesh and blood offered that, that want, you know, that we, we can see like, look, they can cut me a check today. I would like right. to receive that check today versus all the unseen, which is how, which is the other people in that existing market. But then there's another stage beyond that. There's, the fact that if we got involved in the micro niche and we actually do what we set out to do and we transform the client's lives and their businesses, does that, but that category have the potential to grow? 
or can we find a niche that maybe is already in a category that's exploding anyway? Like I'm sure you know this, right. I mean, the life coaching, business coaching category is itself an exploding category. And I don't see anything right. affecting that for the next 10 or 15 years because there's going to be a Agreed. lot of people that are in entrepreneur land that right now are just working corporate jobs. And so you and I are both kind of in an exploding category. So how do you get over that the seen versus the unseen, turning away the people that you can see that are flesh and blood in favor of the people that you don't, that aren't in your world yet? Well, there's a, a couple of different ways to approach it, right? So, you know, KT Development Systems, we, we talked about before we started recording, it, it has built itself because we create solutions for specific niches that solve their greatest challenges, right? So we identify challenges and then we work to create a solution and then we market it to the niche because we know that's what the greatest challenge is. Um, so from that perspective, it becomes very easy to pivot, right? To create a solution for a specific market, especially if people are coming to you and saying, you know, I know you work in this area, but I could really use your help over here. And if the market is drawing you in that direction, which is kind of what it's done for, for my company, um, we just create a solution. And then we offer that solution knowing that if one person is dealing with it, then everybody else who is in that micro niche is also going to be dealing with it. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is, you know, you become really good at one thing, right? Here on the West Coast, um, there is a burger franchise called In-N-Out. And In-N-Out doesn't sell you know, Asian chicken salads. They don't sell, you know, they don't sell anything other than hamburgers and they've yeah. gotten really good at hamburgers. And because of that, you don't see marketing and advertising on television. You don't ever see an in and out commercial because they don't have to market. People are magnetically drawn to them because they've mastered the ability to make some of the best hamburgers out there. Yeah. Right. So there's this two pronged approach from that perspective. Um, they've, in and out has gotten really good at making one thing and one thing only. Everybody who wants the best hamburger on the West Coast will go to in and out mm. On the same side, you know, there's this attraction to where if they really wanted to, I'm glad they don't, but if they really wanted to, they could branch out and become a McDonald's. They could branch out and become a Burger King or, or a Wendy's, for, you know, for that matter. Um, but that's the two-pronged approach that coaches can take. And especially as they're building out their own firms and their own agencies, you know, finding solutions is one side of it, but then being magnetically drawn to another niche because people are asking for the same types of results is a totally different thing. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and, which is funny because now I want to go get a cheeseburger. Thanks for that, by the yeah. way. Yeah, all, the, all that talk about In-N-Out and Wendy's and like, oh, they're it all, they're all within such a short drive away. Okay. <laughs> So I'll have, to, I'll have to stay put. I've got, I've got like two more calls and then maybe I can go grab a cheeseburger. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what, one of the fears that I do encounter that, that I think has some legitimacy. I don't know that coaches struggle with it as much as maybe high level business consultants. So I'll run this by you and see if you've encountered it and what your, what your thoughts are. Uh, operating in a micro niche where the clients themselves are hesitant to tell other people about you because either they directly compete or, or saying that they're working with someone it exposes, like it lowers their status by even admitting that they're working with you. So what, how do you address that fear from the coach or the consultant's perspective? Well, I think it's all a results-based business, right? Coaching is all results-based. You can have the best marketing, advertising, you know, ad campaigns out there. But if you're not producing real results, then you might as well get out of the coaching industry because you're just going to go broke. Um, 
when you are dealing with, and I've experienced this myself, right? NDAs, you know, non-disclosure agreements are, you know, a, a thing of our world. We have to sign NDAs in order to do the work. Um, and we can't mention names. And there's a lot of ways around this, you know, uh, creating generic names or, you know, using company X in your marketing or advertising. It's, it's almost as powerful as, you know, actually name dropping when you're dealing with companies who don't want to necessarily be known or individuals that don't want to necessarily be known. Um, those case studies are very powerful and you can, you know, you can use different names to protect the innocent and all that good stuff. But I think the, the way around it is just to publish your white papers, publish your case studies and just say, you know, this company that I'm working with because of an NDA has to remain unknown. But this is the challenges that they faced. And these are the results that I was able to create for them through this process or through this program that we created. That's freaking brilliant. Because if you can, if you've done your homework correctly, Yes. You know exactly what their greatest challenge is. And when you speak yes. to it in exactly the terms that your ideal client, they're going to recognize it. So, exactly. so I've got a, I've got an NDA uh, essentially with, with one of my clients who white labels my service to a huge company that I would love to be able to trumpet all over the place and put their testimonials and all that stuff on my website <laughs> and tell everybody in the world that I produce their podcast. I can't tell right. anybody. Um, but yes, I, I could put out something that details the results and focuses on their greatest challenge of engaging and promoting their coaches within their organization, building up their pro, like all these things that scalable coaching organizations only deal with, right? No practices, no practice has that problem of how do I boost the profile of my, my coaches to make them stars and make sure that they're staying on task and emphasizing our systems and models. Like no, no, no practice has that problem. It's only a firm. So would read that and go, I don't know who that is that they're working with, but I want that result. And that is my greatest challenge. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So think about how powerful your white paper, your case study would be if, I mean, even leaving out names, right. Mm -hmm. And you just say, look, I'm working with this company for reasons of, you know, legality. I can't mention their names, but these are the challenges that they're facing. You speak in terms of pain points uh, and any firm who's experiencing those same exact pain points is going to see themselves in that case study or that white paper. And to your point, Matt, they're going to say, I, I don't know who this is. I actually, I don't even care. I want the results that Matt is getting for this organization because this is exactly what I'm dealing with day in and day out. That's mm. when it becomes powerful. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, we could keep doing, going down the rabbit trail, but that, that is one of the, I think there were the referrals in the NDA. I think that's probably out of all the objections I've heard to having a micro niche. That's the only one I think that's really legitimate and not purely based in just fear of missing out the scene versus sure. the scene. Uh, so I want to make, I love that approach to it. I think you're exactly right. It gives me a lot to think about actually my own stuff, but also it's good for any of us that are, um, helping coaches or helping consultants. I think that's something for us to understand as service providers to help them get over that because that, that does, I think, come up. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you mean by the price of transformation. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So transitioning now, um, there's a couple of different challenges that our coaches face in growing a great business. A lot of the times coaches will come and say, how do I, what do I charge? Right. What do mm-hmm. I, what do I, what do I, ask people to pay. And I think the, the mindset is backwards. It's so I always counter it with the question, well, what are the results that you're going to get for your clients? Right? Mm -hmm. So I'm all about measurable 
quantifiable, uh, real results, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be able to show mark improvement as opposed to just the qualitative feel good emotion based type things. You're yeah. going to feel good. That's awesome. But is it increasing productivity? You're going to have less stress, which is great, but is it improving productivity? Right? Those are the types of things that we go for um, when I work with coaches. Um, so I'm always looking at it backwards, right? If, if somebody pays for your coaching program, what type of annualized return are they going to see on the investment that they make, right? Mm-hmm. So if they are going to see a $100,000 return on your, your eight-week coaching program or your three-month coaching program, you could absolutely ask for $20,000, $25,000 investment. Mm-hmm. Because if I give you $20,000 and by the end of the year, you give me $80,000 more in return, I'll do that every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of coaches don't understand that mindset. They see it as an expense. This is what somebody is paying me as opposed to this is what somebody is investing in their own growth. So when coaches ask, like, how do I price my program? I always go back to what's the return that you can expect to get for your client, right? Measurable, quantifiable, real results. What are they going to be able to hold in their hand at the end of your engagement? Because if you can say we're going to increase productivity by X amount and we're going to decrease waste by X amount, annualize that and you get a real number, you'll be able to say, look, at the end of the year, when you annualize this over 12 months, you're going to have a $100,000 return. So this program is $20,000, right? And if you can prove that over over time with your case studies and with your white papers, it becomes much easier for an organization or even an individual to say, you know what, if this you know, program is $5,000, that's awesome, but it's going to help me increase my, my business by $60,000 over the year, that's a great investment. I will absolutely make that $5,000 investment to get a 12x return annualized throughout the year. So that's one of the things that most coaches have an opportunity to really ask themselves what is the result that I'm going to get for my clients? What is the expected return? And then work backwards. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, and of course, the, it's, it, it makes sense because this is, this, your system is laid out very logically, but it ties back into the micro niche because uh, the only way to really know and articulate those kinds of results you had, like you have to be working with similar clients. You cannot be working with this guy over here. Who's an executive, this guy over here, who's a leader, this guy who owns a gym, that guy is a solar, this guy builds websites. Like what, what kind of results are you measurably tracking? Like how many times they go to the gym per week when they work with you? (laughs) Exactly. So I think we, there's, there's so many negative side effects of really not zeroing in and finding that in a micro niche. And this is one of them. So it shows up on our pricing, right? But it's directly linked to the fact that we cannot prove quantitatively what is the, what are, what are at stake, right? So I've been going through right. uh, Donald Miller's brand or uh, the story brand book by Donald Miller. Yeah, story amazing. brand is powerful. Unbelievable. Um, and he talks yes. about, look, you have to deeply understand what the stakes are, what they're the hero, what, what's at stake, what's the win yes. and what's the loss if they don't work with you. And I think a lot of coaches, it, it's funny because if you find yourself using a lot of adjectives and adverbs to describe your coaching, already bad. already already on the wrong track um but i think part of resistance to to finding and really holding themselves accountable to metrics is just simply not working with enough clients in their micro niche to where they even know what what are are the three most important metrics to the client 
And how can I move the right. needle on those? And what's my demonstrated success in doing it? Because without working with enough clients, you just don't have the track record to even know what the numbers are and know that you've moved the needle on it. So I love how it all exactly. leads back to the micro niche. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they are. I mean, there's such a powerful connection between the two, right? The more you understand your micro niche, the more you understand their challenges, the more you understand the problems that they face, the easier it is for you to communicate how your program is going to help them overcome all of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. And then uh, is there anything interesting you're seeing in how coaches are tracking their metrics and improving, especially in the enterprise market, Fortune 500, Fortune 100, you mentioned that you've got solutions for coaches on how to sell into that market. What are, right. what are you seeing in terms of how coaches are tracking metrics to prove that their programs are effective? Well, one of the things that we emphasize is there's three main areas that any organization is, is going to measure their success on. Profitability, uh, efficiencies, and productivity. Those three areas you cannot argue with. Uh, productivity, mm. um, it's all about how many widgets you make, right? If yeah. you are a product-based manufacturing type of industry, it's the number of widgets that you can make in an hour. Uh, efficiency speak to waste, right? How much waste is produced in a typical day? How much time is wasted? How, how ineffective are uh, processes, tasks, meetings, um, you can measure how long it takes to do something. And then profitability is, is a huge one, right? So the idea is that as a coach, if I, can, if I can communicate this challenge and show you how it's negatively affecting all three of those areas and then give you a solution that will positively affect all the, three of those areas, it shows you where the investment is coming into as well as the return. Right. So the coaches that I work with, I always were challenging them to identify productivity, profitability and efficiencies across their micro niche. Right. What how does this greatest challenge negatively affect the productivity of that organization? How does this greatest challenge generate more waste and, and make the company uh, more inefficient? How does this greatest challenge negatively affect the profitability of the company overall? And then what we do is we go in and we get a rolling three to six month average of how productive they've been, you know, mm -hmm. how long it takes to do a certain process or how profitable they've been over the last six months. And then from there, that average becomes your baseline. And with a baseline, you can go in and say, okay, this is where you've, how productive you've been over the last six months on average. We're going to tweak it here. We're going to tweak it there and we're going to increase productivity. Even if it's a 1% increase, right? You annualize that, again, mm -hmm. you get huge gains, right? Mm -hmm. If you increase profitability by 1% over, you know, a 12-month period, you're looking at a, you know, greater than 10% increase in profitability. And mm -hmm. these are the numbers that get people excited, right? These are the numbers that say, well, you know, if we're 100% or $100,000 in profit um, over this month, and then you increase it by 12%, you know, we're talking $1.2 million all of a sudden over an annualized basis. Uh, mm -hmm. If we're going to get one, if we're going to earn $1.2 million, be $1.2 million more profitable at the end of this, we'll definitely invest $100,000 to get this coaching or to get this training, yeah. right? So from there, it's just, you kind of set your own pricing and investment range based on that return, but only if you focus on productivity, profitability, and efficiencies. Yeah, love it. Okay, so 
first of all, that's freaking brilliant. Um, and so I would just want to, we'll take a step back here just to let people like tell people where to connect and how they can learn more and sure. just like kind of get in, into your world a little bit. And then I've got a final question for you. Absolutely. So uh, k2developmentsystems.com, k, the number two, developmentsystemsplural.com is our company website. Um, I've got my information listed there. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, Dr. Stephen L. Kalaluhi. Um, that information should come up pretty quickly. I'm the only one there with even a name that close to <laughs> any, anything out there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to connect with anybody listening to this or you know, even those who would challenge it. I, I love having these types of conversations because the mindset and the belief system is so prevalent toward casting as wide a net as possible. And I love walking coaches through and, and getting them to their own aha moments. You know, it's just, it's, it's so fulfilling and satisfying when you have a coach that finally gets it because yeah. from there they're released and, and they yeah. can you know, build the biggest practices they want. Yeah. Love it. And, and we talked a little bit before about kind of what your superpower is. I'm always curious about that because essentially you have a company that is, especially in the world that, that we run in, these are small and medium sized businesses. Our businesses sure. end up being a direct expression of who we are and, and our unique skills and abilities. So what was it that you noticed about you and your strength that gave you the ability to kind of build out this agency around those strengths? Well, I've, my mind has always been broken. My brain has always been broken from the perspective of, I love reverse engineering things, right? So mm -hmm. if something fails, I want to reverse engineer it and find out why it failed. And I also do the same thing with success, right? If mm -hmm. something is succeeding and it's, and it's, being, you know, reproduced and it's predictable. I want to reverse engineer it and find out why I want to take it apart okay. and understand it so that I can create consistency from, you know, I've had my practice now for four years. I've been a full-time coach for four years and it wasn't until about six months into me being a full-time coach that I finally figured out how to be successful. But I was fearful that it was a one and done kind of thing. So I immediately went into reverse engineering and I realized it was the process and the systems that people really gravitated toward. It was the confidence that they found in having a, uh, a curriculum to follow, right? A stepwise curriculum to follow. And you know, for me, it was just, okay, this is the result I want to get for a client, how I get them there stepwise, right? What's the first thing that they have to do? What's the next thing that they have to do? What's the third thing that they have to do in order to achieve the goal within this specified time frame? Mm -hmm. So for me, I've always created solutions. I've always created programs and mm -hmm. I love doing it. It speaks to the creative side of my mind. Um, and seeing somebody walk through a process, right? Step rise process, step one, step two, step three, step eight, and getting the result that they want is it's extremely fulfilling. And it's very, you know, it's, it's motivating and inspiring to be able to say, look, I've got hundreds of case studies where people just like you who said it was impossible to change are now experiencing the freedom and the joy of being business owners simply because they trusted the process. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, it is so easy to position yourself as a coach when you can say you're not alone, right? Everyone who's come before no. you has said the exact same thing, right? You can't help me. I'm so you know stuck in my ways. And I was like, great. So was everybody else, right? These yeah. are all the people <laughs> who were stuck in their ways who said nothing could help. And they're now 
happy coming into work on Monday morning. They're no longer stressed and their company is productive and you know, they've gotten rid of all this waste and they're more profitable because they trusted the process. And that's mm-hmm. all I'm asking you to do. Here's one of the things too. Um, when you are able to create measurable, quantifiable results, you can also put your neck on the line and say, look, I'm going to guarantee you get these results. I'm going to yeah. guarantee you improve because the numbers never lie. Right. So that's one of the things that I really push hard in is the clients that I work with. I guarantee you're going to improve along the way. The coaches that I work with, I guarantee we're going to have solutions produced that are going to generate high paying ideal clients. Mm-hmm. Right? If you don't have a way to measure success and it's, it's uh, you know, qualitative and feel good and emotion based, there's no guarantees that you can that you can give to clients. Right. So that's one of the reasons that having that quantifiable measurable result is so important because you can give guarantees and you can give all these, you know, these, you can package it in such a way where you don't lose anything if we don't get to the results that we're supposed to get. Yes. Yeah. And that, that speaks to another fear that I think a lot of, a lot of coaches have, which is I, you know, and I, I literally, it's funny. I literally heard this from the coach the other day. And, and I wanted to reach through the camera and smack it. Uh, but basically, <laughs> basically the message was, I, you know, I'm not going to, I've, I've succeeded in my way. I'm not going to tell you how to reproduce my model. I'm going to help you get from wherever you are to wherever you want to be. Sounds amazing. Wow. But again, it's like walking into a gym and there's no equipment. There's just a dude there offering his personal training services and he's going to do some things, nebula, whatever that might be to get you from, I, where the fat slob that you are now to some, somewhere, some undefined point B. And I think right. the thing that coaches struggle with is that is, is they feel like that limits them to say, I'm going to help this exact person get from point A to point B. And I know exactly what point A looks like. And I know exactly what point B looks like. Cause it makes them feel limited. Like they're somehow stuffing themselves into a box and, and wasting sure. all their talent. So there's a little bit and creative agency struggle with that too, because we're problem solvers. So guess right. what we want? We want the intellectual curiosity thing. We want that, that itch to be scratched of working with all kinds of different people and stuff like that. Uh, that is one thing that I think it's like, like you mentioned, once we find that micro niche, we're, we're, there's going to be opportunities to get pulled into other things, but it's organic and it comes from solving their biggest challenge exactly. first. So we can still go deep. We can still get that intellectual curiosity kind of itch scratched, but it doesn't come from serving everybody. It comes from serving, like helping them solve their greatest challenge in a micro niche and then seeing what other opportunities come up after that's solved, right? Absolutely. Couldn't yeah. have said it better. Yeah, I love it. So I, I love the system. I mean, it just, uh, I can't encourage everybody enough. Go to k2developmentsystems.com and, and check that out and connect with you and stuff like that. Um, I'm excited to hopefully get you connected with other people in my world because I think there's a lot of people that can benefit from what you have to say. It's extremely well awesome. thought out, well articulated uh, in a way that people are, you know, can easily grasp and really, I think this is probably the most persuasive, well laid out prosecutorial case for why someone like a coach or a consultant should focus on a very specific micro niche, which is exactly what I had in mind for the episode. So seriously, Steve, awesome. I, I really that. appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Now I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. 
We have a complete done for you podcasting service. Uh, That is my agency that I'm building and growing. And I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at pursuingresults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market. Something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes, and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine, and we'll see you on the next episode.